0: The following sermon is brought to you by New Covenant Community Church, a Bible-based church located on Route 62, east of Johnstown, Ohio. To learn about New Covenant Community Church, visit www.new-covenant.org. Again, that is new-covenant.org. Now, enjoy the message. Amen. It's a good day to be in God's house. If you believe it, say amen. So just so everyone knows, we will do our offering at the end of our service. And we'll do it differently where we have people come up and you can set it directly in the offering plates. Uh, We now have online giving available to us. For those of you that are joining us by live stream, we want to say welcome to you. Uh, For those of you that are at home, we're praying that God keeps you safe as well as all of us. And uh, it's good to be here today. It's a different kind of day, uh, but it's a good day. Uh, There was a boy one day who was being tucked in by his mother at night. It was a summer night, and like some summer nights are, it was very, very stormy. And the wind was blowing, the rain was falling, and the lightning was cracking across the sky, and this boy was very scared. And as the mother is tucking the boy in and getting ready to leave the room, the boy says with a quivering voice, Mom, would you... Would you stay with me in my bedroom for the whole night? And the mother said, I'm sorry, son, but I have to stay in your father's bedroom tonight. After a moment of silence, the boy said, that big sissy. Fear involves all of our lives to one degree or another. I think there's two kinds of fears that we can see Out of the Bible and and through the nature of God that he's put inside of us. Would anybody like to take a stab at what those two kinds are? It's the good kind and the bad kind. Let's keep it simple. okay? Fear is the power to both protect and paralyze you. Fear can save you by stopping you from walking near the edge of a cliff. That's a good thing. Fear can also give you indigestion. That's a bad thing. Fear will stop a wise parent from letting their child... Play on the street. Fear can also stop a person from enjoying life and and experiencing new things. Uh, Fear tells you not to play with fire. Fear can also tell you that there's certain doom. Now, fear is good if it tells you to not touch a hot burner. Fear is good if it it keeps you in a fearful way of sin and a fear of what it might do to your marriage and to your family. That's a good thing. Uh, It's good to be afraid to go skydiving without a parachute. That's a good thing. We know that fear can be a good thing in the Bible. Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Now, these are all positive fears. Uh, Those of you in the medical industry will know something called the Moro reflex for babies. Uh, If a baby, a young child is dropped, the Moro reflex will cause them to extend their arms up to protect their head and neck. And uh, if anyone goes home and tries that, you will be excommunicated from this church instantaneously. But there's also a bad kind of fear. Okay, this is the kind of fear that I believe that the Holy Spirit has drawn me about two weeks ago to preach against. Uh, This is the kind of fear that causes you to lose sleep. This is the kind of fear that causes you to lose your trust in God for the future. It's the kind of fear that cripples you to the point where you can't even be obediently serving God because of how crippled you are by fear. Now, if it helps, maybe perhaps it would help you for me to make a distinction between fear and worry as we know it, okay? Uh, The coronavirus is the hot-button thing in our culture and in our media these days. Fear would say, wash your hands. Use some good protective measures. Be wise. Use the sense that God gave you to practice and exercise wisdom. That's a good thing. We know to do that. Worry, however, would cripple you. Worry would cause you to stockpile and hoard $800 worth of toilet paper in your houses. Okay, I'm just going to speak plain to you today. So my goal today, it's very straightforward. My goal is to prove to you through God's word that there is no reason for the follower of Jesus to worry. Let me say that again. My goal today is to prove to you through God's word that there is no reason for the follower of Jesus to worry. Now, if you've got a Bible, and I certainly hope that you do, go to Matthew 7, as well as Luke 12. We'll go to both of those places. Matthew 7 and Luke 12. Bookmark both of those places. Matthew 7 and Luke 12 will predominantly be in Luke 12, but we'll start in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, He said, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are a few who find it. So, from this text, It's highlighting two pathways, if you will. A wide one with destruction being on the end of it, a wide path that many people are on, and the other being this narrow, difficult path which leads to life that only a few people are on. Now, what can people on this wide road expect? They can expect that it's going to be a wide path, that many people will go down that path. It's a place, it's a path. With no promise of God's protection, no promise of God's peace, no promise of God at all applies to that person with the exclusion of the, of the coming judgment that resides at the end of that wide road that many people are on. Now, if, if people are on that path and you're not following Jesus, you're on the wide path of the world doing what everyone else is doing, I'll tell you now, you should worry. You should panic. There's no amount of toilet paper that you can get that's going to suffice for the amount of panic that you should feel right now. Because the road that you're on, although it may be the popular road, it is the road that ends in destruction. And it may be an easy road at times, but it will end in destruction. What about the narrow path? What about the path of following Jesus? What can we expect on this path that Jesus said would be difficult at times? Now, I'll give this disclaimer before we go over to Luke chapter 12. What I'm preaching today is not the false gospel or not the prosperity gospel as it is also known. That type of gospel would simply say that if you believe God enough, if you trust God enough, that no hardships, no trials or tribulations, no sickness or disease will overtake you at any point in your life. And can I just tell you that is a lie. That is not the truth of God's word. And I'm very uncomfortable with those people preaching and believing that type of theology. But what we all ought to be very comfortable with and champion as God's grace and mercy is that in the narrow road of following Jesus, there are promises that apply to God's children. And we ought to be very comfortable with that, with saying that there are promises of God that we as his children are the recipients of. So, we're now at Luke chapter 12, look to verse 22. And this is predominantly the text that we'll be going through today. Then He said to His disciples, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, nor about the body, what you'll put on. Life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn. And God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Oh, if you love God's word, say amen. I'm fired up and wired up and ready to preach this morning, so if you help me join in as we preach this together. Look back to verse 22. Then he said to his disciples, everyone say disciples. It it, it clarifies from the very beginning that Jesus is addressing his followers, people that are on the narrow road, not on the wide road, the people that are on the narrow road of following Jesus, that yes, sometimes will be difficult, just like Jesus said it would, but he's addressing his redeemed children, not everyone else therefore he said to his disciples therefore I say to you do not worry everyone say worry about your life what you will eat everyone say eat nor about the body what you will put on life is more than food and the body is more than clothing everyone say clothing so what we know from this is that on the narrow road of following Jesus that is sometimes difficult, we have the promise that there will be peace, sustenance, and clothing on the narrow road of following Jesus. It's very interesting to me as I read books about survival and camping and these different types of things that if somebody has, it gets lost in the woods, and they have peace, they have a calm mind where they're not totally Outside of their mind and they're able to think clearly, if they're able to think clearly, if they have clothing that's suitable to the environment and they have some source of food and water, even if it's a little bit, almost 100% of the time, they'll make it in their distressed state out of it completely and totally unscathed, almost 100% of the time. Now, that's a great illustration, but what does that mean for you and I spiritually as we take on these next weeks of the whole culture being panicked about this whole coronavirus deal? What it means for us spiritually, out of God's word, the promise, it means that when we face difficulty... In our home with spouses and children, difficulty in the workplaces with coworkers, difficulty at school with academics, and difficulty in our social lives with friends, and difficulty in our dating life with boyfriends and girlfriends, and difficulty in our country with politics, and difficulty in the world with depression and disaster and discouragement and disease, and yes, even the coronavirus. What I'm here to tell you this morning is that upon the authority of God's word, we can and will have peace, sustenance, and clothing on the narrow road of following Jesus. Everybody say amen. Now, we see this played out in Scripture. This is not just my speculation of what will happen. We see this played out of God's promise in Scripture. In 1 Kings 17, 3, we hear God speaking to Elijah. And he says to Elijah, he says, leave here. This is during a drought. God says to him, leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. The ravens. God was directing the ravens to feed this prophet of God. God is powerful enough to take care of His own. There is no reason, church, there is no reason for the follower of Jesus to worry. I think of Peter when he was walking on the water to go to Jesus. And the wind and the waves, the things that a fisherman really should have been used to seeing, wind and waves, started to distract him. He begins to sink. He cries out for God to help him, and Jesus goes out and saves him. The thing that we have from that picture is that the very thing, the very thing that was calling all this upheaval, kind of sounds like much of what our media is doing, and blowing this thing up to scare people. If it bleeds, it leads. And so they they blow this thing up to scare people so badly. And I'm not diminishing the real risk, I'm not diminishing any of those things. We should be wise. We should absolutely use precautions. I'm not saying we shouldn't do any of those things. But what I am saying is that when the things start to distract us, the things that cause us to start sinking in life, as it did for Peter, the things that do that are the very things that are over our heads they are also the very same things that are underneath his feet. That was a good place to say amen. He is a good God to us. He is a good God. We have no reason. To fear or worry if we're a follower of Jesus Christ. We're promised peace, we're promised sustenance, we're promised clothing. Verse 24 Consider the ravens, Jesus says, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value, everyone say value, of how much more value are you than the birds? Now, I like animals, Abby likes animals, we we have animals of our own, and uh, and much of our lives have been spent taking care and good care of animals, Uh, but no matter how politically incorrect this next statement is, humans will and always will forever be of more value than animals period. But what we know as followers of Jesus on the narrow road of following him is that there is value for us. We are valued on the narrow road of following Jesus. Now, let me be clear here. You're not valued because you're cute. Okay. You're not valued because you have green eyes or can jump high. Those are not the reasons we're valued. We're valued because of what's in us. The blood that runs through our veins, if we are God's children, is the royal blood of heaven. We are special because of what Jesus has done and what Jesus has put on us. There was a famous American artist whose name was James Whistler. And uh, and he was a good artist, and he knew it. He had ordered a new order of blank canvases. You know what I'm talking about, the things that an artist will paint and draw on. He ordered a new shipment of blank canvases. This order became lost in the mail. So his superintendent comes to him and tells him, he says, excuse me, Mr. James Whistler, I just wanted to let you know uh, that the order of canvases that you had just ordered recently got lost in the mail. Uh, Were any of them too expensive? And then the artist turns around slowly and says, they weren't expensive yet. The reason they weren't expensive yet is because nothing beautiful had been put on them. They hadn't been made special and valuable yet, but what the artist was able to put on them was what made them of great value and what made them incredibly expensive. Can I just tell you that if you are a child of God, if you're following Jesus on the narrow road that He said would sometimes be difficult, there's something special on you that creates great value for who it is that you are. There's value on this road of following jesus hebrews four sixteen says let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need we can come boldly before the throne of god we're his children he cares for us listen we certainly consult many avenues of knowledge during times like this when there's pandemics and outbreaks and news sources and all these things but we should first go boldly to the throne of grace of God he is merciful and he is great to us you know ever since Daisy was born Abby and I have been saving for her future Uh, whether it's cars or um, school or wedding whatever it is that she needs in her future we have systematically decided to save starting now all the way up until she needs this money now if some child Say one of your very, very young children were to come to me when they're 16 years old or however old it is at that point in time when kids start driving and they ask for some money for a car. I will very kindly tell them, absolutely not. (laughs) That money doesn't belong to them. This money belongs to Daisy. Why? Because it's my blood running through that girl's veins, not anyone else's child. She is my child. She has a place of value that no other child on the face of this earth could ever, ever hold because she's my child. It's reserved for her. Do you believe that this morning with your relationship with God, that you're valued in God's presence because of what Jesus has done for you? We have no reason to worry, church were promised peace, sustenance, clothing, and value on this narrow road of following Jesus. Now look to verse 25. And which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies. They neither they how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will He clothe you? O you of little faith. Let me ask you something. Uh, It's almost springtime. And coronavirus or not, flowers are going to pop out of the ground and they're going to be beautiful. Let me ask you something, when you pick a flower and you look at it, did God need to make a flower as beautiful as he did? I'm looking for an answer. Did God need? No, God didn't need to make a flower. I think of you know, growing up around hayfields. you pick a piece of grass and you look at it and it's so plain and there's nothing really special about it, but you look at a flower and it's, 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 it's just beautiful in all the way that God has covered this plant. No, God has taken the flower and done something abundant with it, something much more than necessary with it. So what I want to tell you this morning, church, is that there is abundant blessing on the narrow road of following Jesus. Extravagant blessing. Great blessing. Now, you might say right now, you say, Pastor Ben, uh, wait a minute, what about Paul? He was shipwrecked, beaten, left naked. What about Job? You know, this starting to sound kind of prosperity as if we just trust God enough and we're going to be blessed. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that whether or not it's in this life or the next, if Jesus says that how much more will you, How much more than a flower, how much more than a lily will you be, be clothed and be cared for? Whether God accomplishes that in this life or in eternity, we will trust God in His timing to take, to take care of those things. I know that on the narrow road of following Jesus, be it here or be in heaven, God will clothe me greater than any lily has ever been clothed, which was greater than which Solomon was arrayed. But even then, I would be willing to say safely that if all of us were to go home, just speaking real with you now, if all of us were to go home and we were to take every single thing out of our home that we did not absolutely need, I'd be willing to safely say that 95 plus percent of everything we own is a want and an abundant blessing and not an actual need. How many of you, have one of those jars sitting next to your oven that's just full of spatulas and spoons. Raise your hand if you've got one of those. Yeah, a lot of us. Some of you guys have not in the drawer. I know a lot of houses in America, maybe even most houses in America, have one of those jars. And you know what I'm talking about. It's one of those little, little Corel-type dish things that you shove all of the spatulas and spoons in. I looked at ours the other day. You about have to be a bodybuilder just to get something in and out of there because it's so crammed full, full of 15 different types of the same spatula. And it's nice to have one that you can flip pancakes with and another one that you can do eggs with. But do we really need 55 spatulas to flip eggs and pancakes with? We're abundantly blessed church. And the media doesn't want you to know that. Many people in our culture think that the world is over as we know it and that everything is terrible. Everything is not terrible it is not terrible we're abundantly blessed psalm 68 verse 19 says blessed be the lord who daily loads us with benefits the god of our salvation and i just tell you um, we could every single one of us could contract this disease that everyone is talking about and let's say even most of us were to die because of it and still be loaded daily with benefits. I believe that. I believe God's Word teaches that, that even though the narrow road of following Jesus will have difficulties, that there's abundant blessing in following Jesus. And we ought not to be ashamed of telling people that the greatest way to a blessed life, the greatest way to a fulfilled life, is to follow Jesus. Yes, there will be difficulties, but I'm convinced, wonderfully convinced through God's Word, that the greatest way of joy, the greatest way of peace, the greatest way of blessing, the greatest way of God's intervention is to follow Jesus on this narrow road. Uh, there was a boy who was in a candy store with his mother, and, uh, and he was, this boy, one of those old-fashioned type candy stores where they've got the line, the counter just lined with those very large jars just full of different types of candy. And this boy was looking up at this particular jar that was full of suckers. And this candy store owner, being the kindly gentleman that he was, he took the whole jar down, he pulled the cap off, and he says, here, son, reach in and take as big a handful as you can take. And the boy reaches up, and then before he takes any, he takes his hand back down and just stands back like this. And the man says, no, seriously, take take as many as you want. I won't charge you anything. Just take as many as you want, take as much as you can fit in your handful, and take as much as you want. And the boy just stands there quietly and doesn't say anything and doesn't move his arms. And then the man reaches in and says, here, take these. And then the boy takes them out of the man's hand. He takes them and starts filling his pockets and takes them out of the man's hand. Later, the mother thought this was a little peculiar that her son was acting in this way. So as they're driving home, the boy is propped up with a seatbelt on in the back seat, suckers, piles of suckers next to him, and one unwrapped as he's enjoying one. And the mother says, son, why didn't you just reach in? The man was offering you down at your level. Why didn't you just reach in and grab what the man was offering? And the boy says, well, that was easy, Mama. His hand's bigger than mine. Can I just tell us, church, Jesus' hand, God's hand, is bigger than our own. He can provide blessing that we could never imagine. Trusting God with your life. Trusting God on the narrow road of following Jesus. Choosing not to fear. And trusting our Savior. There will be blessings that we could never imagine. Favor that we could never imagine. Yes, difficulties. But peace through those difficulties like you would never imagine. There's no reason for the followers of Jesus to fear. We have promise of peace, sustenance, clothing, value, and abundant blessing. And I'll trust God, I don't know about you, but whether or not it's in this life or in eternity, I'm trusting God to accomplish those things, whether it's here on earth or not. I trust Him. He said He would do those things, and I believe, I believe in a wonderful way that He will do it. Luke chapter 12, now look to verse 29. And do not seek what you should eat, or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. Raise your hand if you would love to not have an anxious mind. Okay, the rest of you are lying. Everyone does not want to have an anxious mind. Let us not be a church with an anxious mind. Verse 30, For all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So on this narrow road of following Jesus' church, not only is there peace, food, and clothing, not only is there value on this narrow road, not only are there abundant blessings on the narrow road of following Jesus, I don't know about you, but this narrow road is about now is looking pretty good if you believe it, everyone say yes. There is also a kingdom at the end of the narrow road. John 14, verses 1-3. through Many of us know this portion of Scripture. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto Myself, that where I am, there you may be also. There is a kingdom at the end of the narrow road of following Jesus. Do you believe that this morning? Maybe you don't. And by people's responses, maybe people really maybe I'm failing in this sermon today. Maybe God's Holy Spirit is trying to speak to you to not be afraid. Do not be afraid. He is our God. He is our king. We can trust him. Do you believe that there's a kingdom at the end of our narrow road, church? Yes, there is a kingdom. Should coronavirus take us? Should heart disease take us? Should a car accident? Something's going to be the instrument of death for you and me. And it may be coronavirus or it may be a car accident in 20 minutes from now. But if we trust Jesus, if we trust Him, there is a kingdom, there is a mansion built by our Savior that's at the end of the narrow road of following Jesus. We don't know who the next president will be. We don't know what discouragements and failures and setbacks and heartbreak and coronavirus is going to come up. We don't know the answer to those things. But what we know is that when we're not on the wide road that ends in destruction and we're on the narrow road of trusting Jesus and following Him, the end of that narrow road is one with the kingdom and a mansion waiting for God's redeemed children. So what I hope I've been able to do today is to prove to you that there is no reason For a follower of Jesus to worry, there is not. There is not a reason for the child of God to worry. And can I just say that times like these, times of common panic and worry, it exposes in a huge way who the spiritually mature and immature are. I heard it said once that when the tide goes out, you can tell who's skinny dipping. And can I just tell you, when the panic rises, you can tell whose faith is trusted and and rooted in the very person of Jesus Christ and what it is that he has done for. Can I just tell you, church, that the instrument of death for Jesus was a cross. It was not just an instrument of death. It was an instrument of suffering, of punishment, of punishment of condemnation, the very the reason we have a cross here, and many of us are wearing crosses as pieces of jewelry, this would have been really, really weird prior to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Like, why are you wearing an instrument of torturous death? But we know as Christians that the cross does no longer represents an instrument of torture and death. The very thing that was an instrument of torture and death to Jesus was the very thing that ushered Him into victory. Whatever takes us, whatever the instrument of death it is that takes us, yes, it will kill our bodies, but it will be, like Jesus, the very thing that ushers us into victory. If you believe it, say amen. And if you say, Pastor Ben, I I hear you and I believe you, but I'm still worried. I I still have this fear that I'm fighting. I'm fighting this fear. I'm fighting not getting in a tizzy over all the things in the culture. I'm, I'm fighting not getting in a tizzy over all these things. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6-7, it says, Therefore, if that's you, this verse is for you this morning. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care. Everyone say, all your care with me. Ready, set, go. All your care upon Him. For He cares for you. Jesus cares for you. He loves you. You're His redeemed child. He died for you. He built a mansion for you. He redeemed your rebellious self so that you could be with Him. Uh, Everyone do this with me. Uh, If you would just stand where you are right now. And some may see this as foolish, and, uh, and if you do, sorry, not sorry, I guess. Uh, everyone go like this. Now everyone go like this. Now everyone go like this. Now everyone go like this. Can we do it one more time? There's four things again. Everyone go like this. Everyone go like this. Everyone go like this. Everyone go like this. Do not fear little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom say it with me if you know it now do not fear little flock it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom let's do it one more time do not fear little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom remain standing with me and Brian if you would come we have no reason to worry church The Savior that we follow is the Savior that has broken the back of sin. He has rendered hell powerless. He has rendered the working of this devil powerless. The power of sin is now powerless. The back of it has been broken. And it's powerless in the life of the believer. And I don't know about you, but I'm trusting Jesus in these weeks. I'm trusting Him. Yes, we may need to do some more precautions. Yes, we may have to cancel service here and there. Yes, we may have to do things that we would not prefer and not normally do. But I'm going to trust Him and know that at the end of my days, whatever my instrument of death is, is also going to be the instrument of the very, it's going to be the very thing that carries me into absolute victory. Do you believe that, church? If you do say yes, let's pray. God, we are humbled. Humbled by the fact, God, that the very thing that is panicking the world, the very thing that is causing stress and causing the lack of sleep, the very thing that would normally overtake us is already underneath Your feet. The very thing that would love to destroy us and destroy our peace It's the very thing that we don't have to worry. It's the very thing that You have broken and rendered powerless. Thank You for it, Jesus. Thank You for loving us in such a sweet way. Would You make us steadfast in these weeks to come, God? Would You make us strong, we pray? Let us not fear. Let us not worry. Let our trust and our faith grow in this season and in this time in Jesus name and all the church says amen let's sing together and the conclusion of our singing and response time I'll come up with some last instructions for our offering